Hey everyone, welcome back to Land Investing Online. Come unlock your potential freedom through land investing. Here at Land Investing Online, we teach students how to profitably buy and sell vacant land. This is the simplest, least competitive, and most profitable sector of real estate. To learn more, visit landinvestingonline.com. We even have a free Discord with tons of successful investors in it, including Ron and myself. Come learn from the best. As always, guys, please subscribe and like this video, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you guys are listening on. It really means the world to Ron and I, and it drives this business forward. As always, guys, I'm Daniel Apke, joined again by my brother and business partner, Ron Apke. Welcome back, Ron. Hey, Dan. Good to be here. Today's topic, we're going to talk about how to make a million dollars from land. It's a common topic. Everyone wants to make money. They're in it for their freedom. And we're going to talk about what that journey looks like for you. But before we get into that, let's go over a question from one of our members. The question is, when scrubbing data, should I remove LLCs? It seems like a bunch of them own a lot of land and all my mail goes to waste because I'm sending it to LLCs. Ron, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, for sure. This is a good question. It's a common question for newer members or newer people sending mail because um, your thought process is like, I don't want to spend waste money on mail essentially, which is kind of backwards. And we used to do this as well. Like how can we scrub out more to save more money? Um, but every time you scrub one, you don't know if that's a lost deal. And that's the biggest thing. Like we really minimize our scrubbing. We uh, scrub out HOAs, not properties that are in HOAs. We actually scrub out the HOAs, like the actual homeowners association, um, if they own some land. Um, we scrub out government things, um, cemeteries, banks, stuff like that. But other than that, like keep LLCs, keep trust. Uh, you will not saying you're going to get a deal from it from every mailer, but you will eventually get a deal that's going to pay for that mail 10 times over. Um, and we buy we buy deals from LLCs all the time. So it's something that you don't want to scrub out. It's not going to be your most common seller. I don't think most common is going to be an individual person. But at the same time, like don't don't try to save money on that mail and then lose money on the back end by not getting a deal. So to keep it short, Dan, uh, definitely send mail to LOCs. Yeah, we've had a lot, a lot, a lot of deals come from LOCs because I just remember when we were doing title work, we're always asking for you know their operating agreement and different paperwork from that LOC. That happened. That's so common. I would definitely not scrub that out. Just because mm-hmm. it's an LOC does doesn't really mean anything. Some people put their own houses and land in LOCs, even if they're it's their own personal use. They just don't put in their own name. It's very common. Well, let's get into today's show. Really cool, unique topic here. How to make a million dollars from land. So how to make a million dollars from land investing we're going to talk about. Ron, do you want to talk about, for anyone who's new, um, give a brief intro for land investing, what we offer, what the course does, and what we do as a whole? Yeah, so what we teach is we basically send volume, bulk, uh, direct mail to landowners across the country. Um, we send it to certain areas, obviously we choose certain areas to send to, uh, but we can do it all around the country and we members do it all around the country. So we basically send direct mail with offer prices for land. So let's say we're offering five acres and we're saying we'll buy it for $20,000 in our mind, we can sell that for $40,000 if we're able to buy it for 20, um, or $50,000, something around there. So what we do, we literally send us personally, we send about 25,000 mailers a month and uh, do this over and over again, are very consistent with our mail. And that's what kind of produces results. We don't get one deal out of every 100 mailers. We get about one deal out of every 2,000 to 2,200 mailers. 
which is more than enough deals to pay for the mail five, 10 times over. Um, so in short, Dan, I think that's how we kind of explain what we do. I don't want to make it too complicated. Yeah. So the goal of this podcast is if you follow these steps, you'll be on your way to making a million dollars. And we're going to be very honest and upfront with that, that approach. So after Ron just explained the business and how we acquire from mail, he just talked about how much mail you need to send to get one deal. Our average deal, I think was 18,000. I think it's trending up a little bit. Our average profit was Mm $18,000. Um, so, which is, you know, your total cost of what you sold it for minus the cost of what you acquired it for. And that's your profit. So our total profit was $18,000 in 2021. Let's talk about how much mail you'll need to send to be on your way to making a million dollars, Ron. Um, so, I mean, just doing math in my head, Dan, just, I mean, to make a million dollars, I'm just going to say a hundred thousand a month, 80,000 a month, somewhere in there you got to make. So you need probably five deals a month, I would say. So to do that, I mean, I think sending 12 to 15,000 mailers a month will give you a good shot at that. If you're efficient in your other parts of your business, you're not letting deals slip through the cracks. I think 15,000 mailers can, which when I just did that math in my head, it kind of seems low in the mail category. But I mean, the numbers make sense. Like you'll get a deal with 15,000 mailers a month. You'll probably get about five deals a month that are good deals. Um, if you're making whatever fifteen to twenty thousand dollars per deal, you're going to be on your way to making a million dollars. Um, I think it's pretty. I, I think that's the number, Dan. Maybe fifteen to twenty thousand, um, and you can be a little pickier with your deals. But uh, I think it's possible, definitely, with fifteen thousand mailers. It definitely is. I, I know people are doing it with even less than that. It's ten to fifteen thousand if you're efficient. Um, you should be able to get it done, but you got to constantly be learning and listening to these podcasts and educating yourself because there's so many different things that come up while you're acquiring these deals. Let's talk about, so we talked about how much mail to send. So 12, I think Ron said 12 to 15, 20. If you send 20,000 consistently a month though, I really think you can make more than a million dollars, probably closer mm-hmm. to two. If you're sending 10,000 and very efficient, I still think you can maybe make, you have to be very efficient, maybe make around a million, but I think that sweet spot somewhere there in the middle and it depends your efficiency. And if you're shotgunning mail versus, you know, really rifling in and the different strategies that we teach in the course, let's talk about time now. So we talked about how much mail to send. Now let's talk about time. So I know we take, we say it takes about six months to really get your feet up and going, Ron. Um, is that, is that what you kind of still stand by? We usually say four to six months to start <clears throat> cycling in some deals. Exactly. Yeah. I think uh, to be safe, I like saying six. I think it can happen in three to four maybe. Um, but you need those first mailers to be good, which I just, I'm not going to assume anyone's first two or three mailers are just going to be really well done, to be honest. They're going to be figuring out all parts of their business, not just the pricing, which is a huge part of it, um, but all parts of the business. Due diligence takes longer. Just everything takes a little longer and you'll probably miss some things on your first mailers that you wouldn't miss a year down the line. Um, so yeah, I do like that six month time frame to like really get ramping up. When we talk about that million dollars, I think that's kind of talking months six through 18. So those next 12, I mean, it doesn't have to be 12 months, I guess, Dan. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think within 18 months, like you can easily make a million dollars. If I'm, I'm assuming $0 your first six months to be hundred percent honest. Yeah. So let's skip that zero to six. So so by by month six, guys, what we're saying is you can be making by month six, you should be making eighty to a hundred thousand dollars a month. If month one through six, 
you're sending that mail that we're talking about month six, you're going to start making that 80 to hundred and really yeah. start ramping up. There's such a ramp up period. We talk about it in other episodes as well. Month one through four, you're sending the mail. It takes time to buy the properties, to sell the properties. You have escrow time, um, on the market time, all that different stuff. And just from when you send the mail and hit the send button to when they receive it still about two weeks out. So there's just so much time. Once you start having that consistent deal flow and that consistent mail hitting, that's when things really ramp up. And it usually we see that with our members around four to six months after. I remember from our story ourselves, um, I think it was April, we started around Christmas time. And in April, we had our first really good acquisition. And then from there, we had five to 10 within the next, I think, uh, two months or so, really good deals. Um, and that's when it really ramped up for us. And keep in mind, we made a ton of mistakes. That's why we built this course to help you guys avoid those mistakes. We made a ton of mistakes that you can avoid if you just take our course and just follow along with it. Um, so we talk, talked about time. So month six, you'll be making 80 to 150 grand, I'd say, um, depending on where you were in that 10 to 20,000 mail a month threshold. And you might have some months you make that, you know, 300K off one deal, and you might have one month where you make a little less than. We're just talking about averages here. Um, let's talk about what your company will look like. So we're talking, wow, we're going to make a million dollars. We're going to have to have 10 employees. Like, you know, if you owned a restaurant or something, making a million dollars, my friend owns Jersey Mike's great business, great business model, not downing it at all. But, uh, for them to make 1.2345 million dollars, they, and that's sales, that's not profit, that's sales. They have to have, you know, a staff of 10, 12, 15, whatever that looks like. This is different guys. Ron, what, what will your company look like if you're making a million dollars of gross profit a year? Um, I, I think it's probably about four, four people maybe. Um, like we got me and you and neither of us, I mean, right now we are cause we're in a transition period. Um, but neither of us kind of see ourselves doing a lot of the day to day work. Um, so that's going to be left on our, our employees, but Hey, we had transaction coordinators, coordinators, and the jobs you need to fill is transaction coordinator. Um, you need a salesperson and you need a pricing person, like the, whether it's you or someone else. Um, you can probably do one of those positions if you're at this size and still manage the other people, but you cannot try to do multiple to grow to doing a million plus in my mind. Um, maybe you can do two. I don't know, but that, that, that's a lot of work. So that's what I would say. And then probably a VA as well, Dan, um, and VAs can do so much. If you find a good one, they can data entry, like a lot of the monotonous tasks, uh, scrubbing, just stuff that you don't need to be wasting on yourself or one of your higher paid employees don't need to waste on. So I, I think that's what it needs to be. Like you need a system, you need a CRM, uh, and then you need some people like good people around you to help you grow. Yeah. And I, I really think like if you're, if you're grinding and working hard and you have some, you know, uh, VAs doing some scrubbing and stuff for you, I think one or two people you can almost get, you can probably get to a million dollars if you guys are really grinding, but you have to form your, um, systems, like Ron said, your CRM, all that needs to be, needs to be honed in. And I think if it's you and a partner, you guys can get it to a million dollars yourselves, I think, or maybe if it's just you and a virtual assistant, but I think to really scale, like Ron's saying, take it to the next level and get out of the day-to-day -day work. You can hire a virtual assistant, um, salesperson and transaction coordinator. Even if you just had a transaction coordinator, the sales isn't all that much work. It doesn't need to be. 
the transaction coordinator and due diligence and that type of backend stuff is where the real work is. And then the virtual assistant can kind of get everything from there. And then maybe you do the sales, but you can build, I think with, I'm trying to think, we just built out our role chart and our future like uh, vision for the company. And I'm trying to think we had our goal of like 25 million gross profit. And I think our company size was less than 20, if I'm correct. I think yeah, I want to say 12 like, or 15, maybe. 12 or 15. And maybe that number is going to change a little bit, but that's just how profitable this business is. We're talking, you can have a $25 million gross profit. So sales would be around 60 to 70 million with just 12 to 15 employees. That's just showing how profitable this business is. Um, all right. So we have some great information. So you can do this with just a couple people and yourselves. You have to focus on process. We talked about how much time it's going to take six months to really start making 80 to 100 grand, 120 grand a month. And how much mail to send? We said ten to fifteen thousand. Really. Um, now let's talk about hurdles. Biggest hurdles they'll have to overcome. And I don't have anything written down on this, Ron. So I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give me a second to think of real. That's a good question. Uh, I, I think it's just like, and I remember like you just you're going to have months that suck, um, and it's going to be really difficult if it's your first few months. Like not saying you shouldn't expect profit those first few months, but if you feel like you're not getting deals, like it is difficult to keep sending mail and keep spending money on mail. I think that's one of the biggest initial hurdles. If you struggle on your first or second mailer, which is so common for people to, it's just to lay an egg, to be honest. Uh, but it's going to come if you keep the consistency, keep believing in it. It's just a matter of time. Um, I, I think that's one of the biggest initial hurdles, Dan, and I can remember, like, you're spending a lot of money on mail. I'm not taking anything away from that. But the, the, the amount that one deal can pay for, it'll pay for mail for half a year or something like that. So I, I think getting over that hurdle, if if you are in that case, and it's going to happen at some point, like you're going to be struggling, like your business can be struggling, you're going to question something and to be able to consistently keep on sending mail and believing in it is a uh, giant hurdle in itself, I think. It's hard because mail is expensive and that's the biggest hurdle at first. Um, like, like Ron said, being consistent through those hard times when you're sending, you know, 10, uh, that's, that's 6,000, uh. 15, that's, you know, five to $8,000 of mail or five to $10,000 of mail a month. Um, but like Ron said, you're sending that and you're making a hundred thousand. That's such a small amount of your, your overall profit. And that's a hard obstacle to overcome at first. But once you overcome that, this is what more of that episode's about. Like you're overcome, you're invested in the business. Um, so that's what this is more about. And I'm trying to think of other hurdles that we had to overcome. There's always going to be a spot as entrepreneurs where it's almost like a breaking point. And they mm -hmm. come and they go and they come and they go. But then you look back at those breaking points and realize, you know, it just helped you grow as a person, as a company. You know, it's never going to be easy. There's always going to be breaking points. I mean, I was in an entrepreneurship call last night and a guy, this guy has a huge vision of where he wants to take his company, but he's not there yet. And he needs to start, you know, killing the rabbits instead of trying to take on the elephant because his company, it's profitable now from my understanding, but it's it's a gym and he needs more memberships to stay sustained and he wants to make a whole community out of that gym and instead of just being a gym like maybe a workplace slash community slash entrepreneurship community he has a huge vision for where he wants to take it and he literally broke down crying last night on the call just because how hard it's been on him because he has that big vision and he doesn't want to just be a gym but that's what he is right now and it's like a major disconnect from his vision to where he is but you have to 
you know, take out the little rabbits to get to that elephant where he wants to go. And he literally broke down. And that's what I wanted to talk about is like, there's going to be breaking points. There always is going to be breaking points. And you think you get past that breaking point and that's great. There's going to be another one in the future and you just got to be ready for those breaking points. And that's a huge hurdle. You have to realize those are going on and keep pushing forward. Surround yourself with good people who know, who can see it and can tell you. Um, I had a member last week, Ron, call us, call me and we were talking about it. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm highly considering quitting land and just focusing on my job and trying to get a new job. Um, he's like, it's not really working out great for me, all that stuff. And I was, I told him straightforward. I was like, you're at a breaking point right now. Like you've sent a lot of mail. You've gotten three deals. You want more deals. Your last three mailers were a bust. Like it's, it's a breaking point. It happens and it doesn't, for some people it happens month one, for some people it happens month 10. Like it's going to happen eventually. And you just have to realize that that's what I have for hurdles. Do you have anything else on hurdles, Ron, before we move on to the next thing? No, I mean, like you said, like different hurdles are going to come up. Like you need to find a way to get through them. Use the community, I think, is a really good way because all the everyone's at different, not everyone, but a lot, most people are at different spots in their career and they face these hurdles. Um, and that's why we made the Discord community as well and why we're so open and accessible to our members because we want you guys to be successful. Um, so when they come, like network, find a way through them and don't, don't ever just don't have quitting as an option at the end of the day. And that's what we always were with this business. Like quitting wasn't even an option. It wasn't a thought. Um, so you just keep going, you figure it out because you have to. This, this business is proven. It's not like you're some startup. I say that all the time. You're not some startup tech company out West where, you know, you're going to go under, you have chances of really going under and, um, you know, just high percentage of fail failure this business is proven um so you can pivot you can change markets you can change your pricing strategies you can change your strategies in general it's there if you come in our discord you'll see all the successful people in there come network with those people you'll see all the deals they're putting in there they want funding for their deals all that stuff which leads me to the next topic so we talked about hurdles now let's get into the next you'll need deal funding guys so if you guys are new here you'll be like how am i going to pay for all these deals we, did, we should have addressed this earlier in the show, Ron, but let's talk about deal funding a little bit and how to pay for these deals and what you need to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, we provide deal funding. We have tons of people in our community who provide deal funding, which is essentially like we're the investor and you guys are the manager of the deal. You're still in charge. We are not taking an assignment or stuff like that. It's not a wholesale. You guys, we will pay for your deal. And then we will have some kind of profit split. You'll be responsible for selling the property. So that's in in an essence how deal funding works. Um, you're going to have to utilize it. You cannot look at it like you're just losing profit by because you don't have the money. If you're asking for deal funding or you're not comfortable spending the money. Um, so someone else is putting 100% of the risk up, whether it's us, whether it's someone in our community, whether it's someone completely separate. They're putting 100% of the risk up to fund the deal and then uh, splitting the profit once you sell it. Uh, so that's basically how it works. Then I don't make it too complicated because a lot of people still kind of get confused on this topic. And I get questions all the time, like, how does it actually work? Um, but that, that's the basis of it. We would be, if we were investing, we would be the investor. We would put all of our, all the money up 100%. The manager, who would be you would uh, be responsible for selling the property and then there would be some kind of profit split at the end. Exactly. And there's no down payment or anything. I get that question a lot. There's no down payment. The investor looks at this. Most of the investors in our group and our discord, if you guys go in there and network, 
are um, very versed in land investing. They've done it. Maybe they're, they do some of their own deals. They, they fund other people's deals. There's some people in there um, that just fund people's deals, but they used to do it and they just don't want to manage deals anymore, send mail and deal with all that. So they're just funding people's deals. There's quite a variety of them, um, but they know, my point of this is they know land very well. So they can look at that property uh, kind of analyze the risk reward, all that stuff, and then tell you yes or no. And hopefully it's a killer deal. And they tell you yes. And they put up all the money and that's how they're, that's their risk. Like they, they looked at the property, they did their own due diligence. You give them all the information. You tell them that three realtors have been there and all, all the information you've had, you give it to them and then they pretty much make a decision on it. Um, so then say you, say you're like month eight now. So you're, you have like $400,000 in the bank run and you're turning money and burning money. Um, should I start deal funding other people's deals to make some money and more passive money? Or should I just keep plowing them into my own deals um, to really see that reward? Um, I mean, it's really a personal preference. If you're comfortable, if you have a good network, like you don't want to just start funding anyone's deal. Um, if you don't have, like, I'm very, very picky with if people are more active in the discord and people seem to know what they're talking about, like I'm more likely to fund their deal. Like I, I will have random people. I had one yesterday who joined the discord and then he shot me a deal. And then he told me like he needed an answer right now. It's essentially what happened. I'm like, he no, I'm not me. going he to shot fund me this. one too. Exactly. Like, no, I'm not going to fund this deal. Thanks though. Um, it, it's that I need, it needs to be a relationship. If you have people that you've met and hopefully you're, uh, networking. So if you've been networking, you have some people like want to partner on a deal. I think that's a great way to um, change, move your risk a little bit, Dan. And also it's nice because you don't have to sell that property. It's their responsibility to sell. That's what's really nice about deal funding. Yeah. You have to put up hundred percent of money. Yeah. You don't get all the profit, but you don't have to worry about selling it, which is really nice. And that's one of the reasons I love deal funding. It helps spread out our work as a company and really, there isn't any work once I send that wire. I just have to wait for the money to come back. Yeah. If you have great relationships, you have extra money, you might as well put your money to work um, if that's what you want to do. If you want to fully optimize your profit, you got to put your money to work in there. Ron and I are to a point where we're raising a lot of money. We have outside banks um, working with. We have family members, friends working with us, giving us different loans. We're pretty much a, um, we have a separate kind of, uh, what do you call it? Almost bank where we're just raising money, like investment firm. And then we're just raising money from that investment firm and then putting it over to our, um, our business because we were at first, we plowed all of our profits back into properties and we just got sick of using our own money for everything. And that's a great position to be in. Cause you'll look at your asset list and you'll be like, wow, I have $2 million of properties that I bought myself and they're for sale for a total of $2 million. So that's just in assets, Ron. And um, that's what I want to touch on. It's kind of two different strategies. You can completely utilize and leverage other people's money, or you can keep plowing yours in, but you'll probably get to a point eventually where you want to do a little bit of both. So you can take those that money and do other things with it or fund other people's deal and whatnot. So there's not a right or wrong answer to that at all. It just depends what you want in your situation. I just kind of got sick of dealing with... Um, other people's money or i mean sorry our, our own money and not seeing our money that's all i have ron anything to add to this episode i think we had a lot of good information this episode i think gave you literally like i'm i'm being very transparent and honest with you guys this is how you make a million dollars in land like it is send that mail stay consistent hire like ron said um overcome those hurdles 
leverage deal funding and focus on relationships, network in the community and continue to educate yourself. I think those are the main things, Ron. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't have anything to add. I think this is basically a blueprint itself. Like, yeah, it's not the education. um, But if you've already bought the education, if you're a part of our course, like you want to make a million dollars in the next 12 to 18 months, here you go. Like, this is how to do it. You just got to execute now. Yep, exactly. And most important is stay consistent and give it time. It's not going to happen month one. It's not going to happen month two. Keep staying consistent when it's not happening and those deals will explode in your face and you won't know what to do with all that money. Other than that, guys, thanks for joining. To get started and to unlock your potential freedom, visit landinvestingonline.com. Join our free Discord where Ron and I are involved. Tons of other successful land investors in there, real estate investors. Whatever you're looking for, please like and subscribe. Our YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, really means a lot to us. It pushes this business forward. Other than that, guys, we'll see you next episode and thank you for joining. Thanks, guys.